Hello and welcome back to the Oslo Raw podcast. I am Tiri Refsen, the founder and owner of Scandinavia's largest plant-based cafe chain and wellness concept, Oslo Raw, which is all about pleasure and adding, yes, a lot of pleasure to our everyday life and routines. But uh, it's, life is not always about pleasure and sometimes we do have to grow and go through pain and sometimes you're really sick. I've been, for my sake, I've been quite sick for a... Uh, a few years now not really but like I had this mold in my body and I want to detox but I don't really know how so this episode is about that how to uh, cleanse the body naturally how to support the system prevent other diseases and just just actually supporting the body in the best possible ways in a in a world that can be quite toxic and it's about emotions it's about the physical so we have a very interesting guest today Dr. Jessica Petrus Dr. Jess is a former hospitalist, internal medicine-based medical doctor and a certified Gerson practitioner. Her passion lies in uncovering the mystery behind chronic illness, whether that might be stealth infection, mold, lime, heavy metals, stress, trauma or other environmental toxicities. There are real root cause answers for why the body might be malfunctioning. She is passionate about teaching people how to be their own best doctor by educating themselves and listening to the body and she gives actionable steps to overcome health obstacles emotional trauma and chronic illnesses if you are an entrepreneur like me or you have a very stressful life in a hard performing career or you just want to know exactly how to be your healthiest and best self you might find some very good tips and you might find this episode very valuable so share with your friends and family or wherever it might help enjoy I like what you say, um, a pill for every ill, you know, we get all these superficial solutions that doesn't work. So how do we become our own best doctor? Where do we start to explore when no one can help us, you know, when nobody knows and you feel there's something wrong, but you don't know where to start. By the way, oh, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. I, I love that I'm getting a European audience right now, a Scandinavian audience and love it. So thanks for having me and thanks for listening in, guys. Um, so I would say, unfortunately, you hit the nail on the head, which is most people have to get sick and then investigate on their own in the system to realize how very broken it is. Most people are like, oh, it's the best healthcare in the world until they have to go through something and they can't find the answers. So I feel like you're speaking to like everyone out there at this point because everyone's gone out and not found answers or been told their lab work is normal. And so when that starts to happen to you, I'm hoping it lights a fire under everyone's under everyone's tush, right? Basically, you you want to start researching yourself and not just the mainstream articles, the mainstream news outlets. You want to really be digging into the studies yourself. You want to not be outsourcing your knowledge to whoever that might be. Um, if some, I don't care if it is your doctor, go research it on your own. Those patients are the, the educated ones do the best. They do the best. And so really for, for people out there, it's important that you can trust your intuition. Sometimes that takes sitting in silence to get to know yourself, but you trust that you know your body best, regardless of what the person sitting across from you in the room says, if something doesn't resonate or sit well with you, then that means something. You should trust that intelligence that you have about your own body because no one's in there but you. 
And so if you feel that something is amiss, something is being missed, something is wrong, I encourage you to chase that and figure out what that is because no one cares about your health more than you do. Exactly. And you work with all kinds of mystery illnesses. What do does your patients come for? Because you help people with Lyme, mold, especially you think it's very interesting, you know, and it's very hard to be in it, in it, you know, but you have the experience of healing it, you know, and what kind of symptoms do people have that comes to you? Yeah, there seems to be, you know, I get a really young population actually. And um, who seem, it seems to be mostly women and it, and it seems to be women leading the charge in, in, in healthcare and looking for root cause answers right now anyways, they drag their men with them. And it's a young population I see anywhere from in their 20s up to their 40s, 50s. I don't see an elderly population and it's kind of scary because I've been seeing a younger and younger and younger population come in and see me with autoimmune disorders or just mystery symptoms, like you said, brain fog, not being able to recall names or memories properly. Um, I see a lot of people with random joint pains or pain all over their body that they get labeled something like fibromyalgia without a root cause. Uh, I see a lot of people with migraines and um, fatigue, just general chronic fatigue, weight gain that's unexplained even though their diet hasn't changed. Lots of inflammatory based conditions. Um, oh, and most of these come go hand in hand with mental health problems like anxiety and depression or insomnia that comes with that too. And so really it's just this constellation of vague symptoms that no one can quite label, but the, but these people are young and they know something's wrong. That's how I feel. I've lived, lived, you know, with mold mycotoxins in my body for years. And I was like, why am I feeling so weird? And it, I'm, I look okay, but I'm not feeling okay. And then I hear of friends and people like, I'm so tired. There's stuff going on. There's like a mystery around it. And I just want to break it down today with you. Like, how can we take the power back and actually do something about it? Like the steps. I don't think that everybody will do like Grain Plains tests, you know, and do find out exactly what kind of toxins they have, but like the general start packages, you know, to, to start cleansing, to start detoxing in a gentle way that supports the natural healing that may help these general weird symptoms that we don't even have to understand everything but we can do something that we can give time so what would that be what like practically things can we do if we don't re really don't know what it is but we could just support our system for sure you know i think the number one tenet of what you said is to take a perspective that the body is never wrong and if you understand that your body is always warning you or, or giving you communication and feedback and that it's not wrong, then, then your perspective changes about the world around you and what you should be looking for that might be making you feel bad. And um, once you take that perspective, you can, you can really find out a lot more information. And a lot of doctors don't even have that perspective. So I would say, I agree with you. And you said, you know, you don't necessarily need to know what it is. You're right. Amen, sister. Yes. Because um, you know, there's a lot of different reasons people have cancer and as, and for me or, or autoimmunity, 
for me, most people are sick, not because of what their body is missing per se, because the body really can make the most things except a few essential amino acids and things like vitamin C. Um, it can really make things endogenously, endogenously inside. So what makes us sick are the things, belief systems, the um, trauma, the toxins, everything else that we pick up inside our body that doesn't belong there. I'm a subtractionist that way. So when people look at it that way, the body is never wrong. And I'm sick because of things that are inside of me that don't belong there. Then you have, you're armed with two really great foundational tools to help you dig and understand what might be making you sick. So that means maybe your home, you know, your local environment, right? Um, you have to look at what modern day construction and building practices utilize. They, they utilize toxic adhesives and paints and carpets and construction materials that are exposed to the elements where it rains on them. And do they ever dry? Probably not. It's very fertile breeding ground for something like uh, water damaged homes that where, ba where bacteria or mold can grow in as little as 24 hours. So that makes more people than they'd realize sick, actually. We, we suspect in the United States that 60% of asthmas might be due to damp moisture or water damage homes. So that's a huge number. And I can't, if you live somewhere that's moist and it rains a lot, you might be consider, have you ever had water damage in your house? And if you don't know, consider whether you feel better when you leave your home and feel worse when you return. Other things that might be making people sick. Gosh, sometimes people work in toxic jobs where they have toxic chemical exposures over time that can make them sick. Sometimes people can't help what family they're born to and they're born into a pretty toxic family that's pretty abusive. And that really can change our genes. A lot of these chemicals and traumas can change our genes the way our genes are expressed in the physical form. And so really looking back at our triggers, our antecedents, our exposures, our traumas is worth its weight in gold in understanding why you might be sick today. Now, what do you do about it, right? Well, gosh, how do you get things out of your body that don't, doesn't belong there? We've already been designed to be able to do that. Our livers process and get rid of chemicals. Our kidneys our, gets rid of things through urine. Our bowels get rid of things through bowel movements. So if you're not going to the bathroom, but twice per week, you're holding on to chemicals, which will make you fatigued and cause you not to think properly. If your liver is stagnant or sluggish, which is very common, 20% of the United States population anyway, has non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. That is from toxin exposure. So really things do get stagnant. They kind of break down to process well over time. Even chronic kidney disease shows that in our kidneys. So really working these natural detox or drainage pathways to be sure we can get rid of things that make us sick are really important. You should be able to sweat properly. You should be able to have bowel movements properly. You should drink lots of water to flush things out. You should be sleeping property, properly where the lymphatic or glymphatic brain drain drains properly only when you sleep. You should be able to move your body so that you stimulate the lymphatic system. All of these things are extremely important in healing yourself while also avoiding man-made industrial chemicals that might cause our system not to be able to function properly. Wow. <clears throat> I'm coming back to the steps, you know, but I'd like how you balance the, 
the emotional and the physical because they're so linked and it's also a journey a soul journey we're on you know and the timing of everything the pain we go we need to see this pain at that time to heal this and to that so it's just beautiful divine timing to everything but it's it's rough sometimes you know and you were like oh, oh i don't yeah. want to go through this i don't want to dig to that but as you say it's mm-hmm. in our brothers and it doesn't always have to be a hard release or like sometimes it's just laugh or cry or something and it's, it's a process but that's it's like um an attitude of openness that kind of will lead us to that and also a wish of like i want to release this uh, please help me to to do that i don't know how but i trust you know totally. so it's like, i love that you said that yes these, yeah these two go so hand in hand and i've been very much into the raw food i i run a raw food you know a plant-based company but i see like if i don't watch my feelings and thoughts and um grow um emotionally you know and personally i don't i stagnant and i get sick you know so these two always so when i now want to talk a little bit about like physical detox which i just love (laughs) there's also (laughs) important to remember that it's not just a physical experience it is like heart it is a process you know process feelings it's it's not always nice but it's it's real, you know, and that's what we don't want, you know, we don't want the bad stuff, you know, but it's there. And it's, if we don't eliminate it or release it, you know, it's, it will be there forever. Yeah. And I truly believe that this is going to sound a little crazy to some people out there, but the longer I've gone on my career, the more people I've seen, it's, it's very true that negative or discordant emotions attract or open the door for toxins, which then open the door for microbes because bacteria are the great decomposers. Mold eats and digests bacteria, right? That's where we got penicillin, the antibiotic from penicillin. And we found that out because it completely halted the bacteria growth in the petri dish and said hey this kills bacteria let's make an antibiotic out of it i so have that this... in my blood yeah look at that yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I, I tested my blood and i have all these like yeah all these bad mold yeah Oof. yeah and so really you know we they're there for cleanup there's a delicate ecosystem and if you have things like heavy metals in your system you know, trauma, which attracts a lot of these endocrine disruptors, toxins, things like that, you're going to have mold and yeast and bacteria and things like that inside your system that's there helping as a cleanup cycle, digesting some of those those improper things that don't belong there. Yeah, and, the, and we're not talking about only sick people. This is pre- uh, preventation, preventation, um, prevent, yeah. Yeah. Oh, prevention. Yes. Prevention. Yeah. Yeah. For all people, because we live in a quite toxic world in many ways. So this is not if you're sick. This is like how to take care of yourself because many of these things are just like a life process. It's a daily thing. Bowel movements. We're talking about basic stuff here, not like we're talking to the sick people how to heal cancer because I'm not talking about that. I'm like the daily stuff, which we're all in, and I can see it everywhere, but nobody talks about it. I love to talk about poop, enemas, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know. (laughs) So I want to go into that as well. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're right. That's a great point to make because people are like, oh, we're talking about people who are really sick or have a label. And by the point, by the time you have a label, they've 
they've diagnosed you, they've labeled you an ICD-10 code or whatever code to bill and give you a prescription. I want to catch you before that happens. And the things I'm talking about are prevention, which I feel yes. like really is, was what lifestyle changes in healthcare is about. And we haven't educated the public well enough on, on what prevention takes. And, and that's what I'm going back to the basics that we're talking about here, pooping twice, two or three times per day, right? That's normal. It shouldn't, you know, be loose with undigested food in. And then we know there's something wrong with your bile. It's, that acts like a detergent to scrub down your fats and break them down so you can absorb your nutrients. So if the bile is stuck, you're really close to A, a gallbladder removal, and B, you're not absorbing nutrients properly to keep you well. And so really there are all these things people don't think about that help prevent disease and illness that we can definitely prevent these chronic diseases if people had the right information. Oh yeah, okay. So we talked about pooping. So if I know I, like many of my friends, even, even someone I work with hadn't pooped for like weeks. And I was like, oh shit. Now I know there's one lady in Norway doing colonics, well, maybe two, and that's like nothing, you know? And it was really like years ago, there were many clinics, but then it just died out. Mm. When I tell people, I sometimes do colonics and they're like, oh, you, that's so nasty. You don't need to do that. And, well, you know, <laughs> But I've seen what came out there and I'm like, it's interesting. I do it as because I think it's interesting. It's not, yeah, I also think it's nice to be clean, but that's another story. <laughs> and I have to work on that side, you know, because it's also mental. I'm not good enough. I'm not clean enough. That's a raw food thing, you know, in this environment that, you know. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Uh, for those who doesn't poop, you know, one, two, three, <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> Good, great question, because I feel like that's so many people and they, they do, no one talks about this unless you go to the doctor and they specifically ask this question. Um, and you guys don't just keep band-aiding it by taking like Senna or Colace or something every day or any of those over-the-counter drugs. You really want to get to the root cause of the problem. So the emotional cause of this is not being able to let things go, holding on to what you perceive are offenses or threats or whatnot and being able, you know, to being upset about them and or having trauma, you're not able to let go. That, that also plays into this. That's the emotional aspect. The physical aspect of this. So your peristalsis, so the way your bowels push things forward is a little sluggish. You're not getting the right communication to your intestines and colon to push things forward in the right way. There's a lot of different reasons that can happen. And Western medicine will label that gastroparesis when it gets to a certain level where it's not moving enough. Um, and lots of people really feel terrible. You may have brain fog, you may have fatigue because you're not dumping toxins out of your body. So what do you do? So really my first go-to with people you hit the nail on the head was enemas or hydrotherapy. Um, if you're not comfortable going to a professional- no, that's, that's just- in Norwegian, we say klister, klister, enema, just, just because it's a very unusual word for us. Like nobody knows what an enema is even up here. Ah. Well, a few do, but yeah. So I just had to say the Norwegian word so they can Google it later. 
<laughs> yeah, of course. That makes perfect sense. Yes. I mean, they're, they're, you can do them at home, you know, and they're a little bit more comfortable for people who may not want a professional helping them out with that. And I understand. Um, I actually did one. I did them on myself because I was asking my clients and patients to do them. And so I felt like I had to understand it myself. And um, I actually do something called what we call coffee enema. Love them. Yeah, they're going to freak out, right? Um, and it's, it's really using something like green coffee or very organic. We don't want any pesticides or, you know, fumigation on our, on our coffee. And green coffee beans actually have higher amount of antioxidants. Um, studies have shown this increases the level of glutathione. That's a master antioxidant in phase loop phase two liver detox. And it also helps to stimulate um, bile production and flow. And remember guys, stagnation breeds disease. So we want all the fluids in your body freely flowing, your blood, your bile, your everything in your liver, you know, your, your serum, we want everything moving properly, your lymph. And if it's not, that's a perfect breeding ground for pathogenic invasions. And so that's why it's really important for me to make sure your bowels are moving. So enemas are one way, colon hydrotherapy is another way. Magnesium is something people really neglect as well. It's used in over 300 different reactions in the body. It's also a prokinetic. It helps stimulate the bowels. You can get it in Epsom salt baths. That's magnesium sulfate, it absorbs through the skin. You can take it orally as a capsule or sometimes there are magnesium drinks. They even make magnesium topical sprays or lotions. Um, and so there are lots of different ways to help your body get this very necessary mineral. You talk um, about just regular, normal, min like normal magnesium, not like the one that get, makes you poop, like specifically, because there are some magnesium powders or something you take and you get like a real uh, something. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's magnesium sulfate. Probably it's the most common form that you'll find. The most absorbable form is magnesium glycinate. Um, and then the magnesium that calms the brain the most that crosses the blood brain barrier is magnesium theranate. Um, and those are the different forms really, but all of them will make you a little sleepy and calm. All of them will help your bowels go. Right. Um, and you're going to have to figure out your kind of necessary ratio for your body. Some people need less, some people need more. You'll definitely know if you get too much because you will have loose stools. Warning to the wise. <laughs> yes, warning to the wise. And then really other than that, there's some nice prokinetic bowels or herbs that help your bowels go as well. I really like tripola, which is from India. That's a beautiful herb that helps you go. There are things like fenugreek, rhubarb, um, love, lovely herbs and um, foods that can help stimulate the bowels too. And really, um, if you're not drinking enough water, you're gonna be constipated. Um, so make sure you're hydrated, half your body weight in, in ounces per day. And if you're not used to fiber, maybe eat a little bit of fiber and then you build up your ability to break down fiber, you know, because it's can, it can be hard in the beginning, you know, but that could also help like get more fiber. 
Yes, absolutely. And you know, fiber will bind up in the gut and cause constipation if you don't drink enough water with it. So it's really important to stay hydrated. And you know, if you guys still have problems after all this, I still know people who have problems, even when they do all of this, really look into emotional trauma work. Um, You may need physical adjustments with a chiropractor. I've seen that work wonders for some people who just had a structural misalignment that wasn't letting their bowels go. Sometimes in their lower sacrum can make a big difference. And then even pelvic floor therapy can really help. Like massage. Could you do that to yourself or? I think you probably would have to go to a professional that was really good, but yes, it's something that you could teach yourself and do yourself. But think about like all the connective tissue and fascia and um lymph that's down there there's lots of lymph nodes and like there's a whole lymphatic system like city called um the gastrointestinal associated lymphatic tissue all throughout your gut and in the colon so movement yeah yes so think about how stagnant how the boggy those lymph nodes can get down there if things aren't draining properly you know if there's not enough mineral absorption if there's not enough blood flow so manual manipulation with someone who knows what they're doing down there even for women after childbirth can be huge wow so moving the body that's something that's so basic but you you talk about it you know often like it's a luxury if you can't and do it you know and I bought this little mini trampoline. Mm-hmm. I, I Google yeah. it's really nice for the lymphatic system. So I'm jumping in the morning. Is that good? It's wonderful. Yeah. You know, um, even like standing on your tiptoes and like banging your heels down is it, it vibrates your body. Right. And that vibratory sense that you get when you're bouncing and, you know, it's actually when you get the hang time in the air, that little bit of hang time, that's what actually moves that lymph. And if you can really take some deep diaphragmatic belly breaths when you're doing that that is like double whammy for the lymph okay wow yeah the lymph doesn't have a heart like a heart or anything to beat for it like the circulatory system does all it has is the diaphragm which is a muscle that moves with breath so we need to breathe as well yeah it's really important that's probably the number one thing because it's something we have control of all the time but it's so subconscious and most of us breathe in the upper third of our lungs hmm. so maybe because we don't want to, we don't want to feel so you know <laughs> yeah. because when i started to breathe i started to cry because that was way back because i i shut down so much fear so much sadness and and and, and anxiety and stuff that was so uncomfortable so breath is is connected to feelings. So hmm. if, you, if you don't breathe, if you listen and you feel like I can't breathe, so be aware that it might be something that you need to feel, you know, and that's okay. And they two, they go together. You know, breath is not mechanic. It's, it's, you feel, and it's like, it's organic. It's natural. So are the feelings. Hmm. So I, th- I just like to bring that to the surface. So it's okay if it feels emotional to breathe and yeah. Just feel the, yeah. feel the heart, you know, of, of, of like how we pump the blood, you know, with our breath, you know, the, how the limb, yeah, it's just really basic it's and beautiful really basic and beautiful. Yes. 1000%. And it's something we have should feel empowered about because we have control over that all the time. If we're just in, in our present mind and not in our monkey minds where we don't mm-hmm. think about these things. 
I, I've been teaching yoga for 10 years and I had a session this morning. We do hot yoga mm-hmm. and I haven't really been focused on the breath because I don't want to force them, but I, I did a, a underwater meditation at the spa this weekend and we tried to keep our breath underwater and relaxing and, you know, all these exercises. And it just reminded me of the space we have inside and it just, it clicked, you know, and now I understand uh, the the naturalness of the huge breath without force, you know? And at the yoga session, I was like, breathe in with your mouth and out and in with your nose and out with your mouth. And I could just feel the whole room kind of changed. Mm-hmm. And I could feel how much I could release through the mouth, you know, of, so breathing is like releasing toxins must be. Absolutely. The lungs have like, a detox capability. Let it go out. Like, especially the out breath to be long and relaxed, not like fill the body extremely much, but more like let the in breath be natural and soft. And then the out breath could be kind of long, you know, that's very relaxing. Absolutely. When you think, and that slows our heartbeat down as well. And you think about the slower the heartbeat, the longer the life animals that have a very rapid heartbeat live, live shorter lives. It's like rabbits and little rodents. Um, that reminds slower... me of this world. Yeah. It's like a <laughs> rabbit life. We're like going. Like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, what's been forced upon us in society to be these good workers and really slow, steady being in parasympathetic mode where you can slow your heartbeat and and slow your breath is what extends life and lets us enjoy the present moment. When you were talking about that, I kept visualizing the monks um, over in the caves who had, could, you know, melt ice off their bodies. And how did they do that? It was through intention and breath work that they were able to do that. And that's harnessing, right? The power of the body. Yeah take time for that we don't get to do it like it doesn't matter how much we do if we don't if you're not present okay uh, we're soon done but i just have to talk about the sweat because you know uh breathing and then we have this whole body you know with all this skin you know and i love to sweat i've always done that but uh how do we start sweating if we don't sweat and why is sweating so good you're like me. I really enjoy it. Like a great body sweat. I feel like a new person, but there are so many people I meet come to me and say, Oh, I never sweat. I just listen. I've been this way for years and they see it as this good thing, which, you know, I used to be kind of jealous, but now I know it's not a good thing if you don't sweat, like you mentioned. Um, and that's because that's really not just a way to cool our body off, although that's the main function. It's also another detox pathway. And there's been studies that you can look up that show you that there are certain heavy metals that are able to be released in the sweat easier than in other pathways like the bowels or the urine. And so if you're not sweating, you're probably holding on to things like PCBs or plastic byproducts, BPA, things we're all exposed to every day. You're holding on to those a little bit longer. And so being able to sweat is giving you a release from heavy metals that everyone's exposed to. They are even in the air and from, from some of the man-made industrial toxins um, as well. And really, if you're moving your body to sweat, maybe not so much in a sauna, but if you're moving your body to sweat, 
it's almost like a moving meditation. It's really hard to think about how much money you have in your bank account. If you're working on, let's use yoga, a yoga pose, for example, you might fall out of the pose if you're not present. So good, good for the mind and the body. So infrared sauna, is it better than normal sauna? You know, infrared does trigger some, some different pathways um, that things like maybe instead listing steam sauna don't do. It uses a lot of different infrared spectrum of light in an infrared sauna. That's really good for skin healing and um, other benefits, vitamin D absorption and things like that. Um, it's also, I prefer a low EMF infrared sauna. I should say that as well. Um, but yeah, it also helps activate heat shock proteins quicker, um, which these are these cool little proteins that actually um, call for genes in our body. And if they're misfolded, they can cause call for the wrong gene, which can be problematic as you can imagine. So infrared heat lets them unfold and gives, gives them almost a second opportunity to fold properly again. And there's been a lot of research in infrared saunas on things like Alzheimer's um, and how that might help with some of the improper proteins found in Alzheimer people's brains. Wow. Okay. You talk about kill, bind and sweat. What do we kill with? Like we're going to kill mold or something uh, parasite. There's so many things we could regularly kill because for many reasons, you know, but what do we kill with? That's a great question. So, um, I would, let me just give a disclaimer really quick. Don't be killing anything if your drainage pathways are closed. So if you guys can't poop that twice a week, please don't start killing things in your body. You will not be a happy camper. You will feel really sick. Like you have the flu because you can't dump what you're killing. So make sure you can sweat, make sure you can poop, you know, your liver's okay, you're, you're working on your lymph before you go doing this. This is a second tier of, to my treatment. So killbine sweat, I usually use herbs. I usually use something really natural. Um, you can use something like um, oil of oregano. You can use something like cloves. You can use, um, I have my favorite supplements and products, but in How general- How do we get that, you know, in, in Norway? Do you, can we send it here? Can you send it like- I really yeah. want them, but I'm like, <laughs> yeah, most of the American companies have a European um, branch. They, they, cause there are a lot of people who do want them. So I think that most of them have tried to accommodate with some sort of branch of their company that will ship to you guys. I know we would definitely reach out and see it's not fair. So, um, you know, golden seal, there's lots of different herbs that can be used. Potty Arco, Uber Ursi, there's, there's a ton and mixed together. They can be more synergistic sometimes. So, um, if you don't have herbs to kill a bind sweat still does a body good, especially for mold, because mold, that's usually enough to get rid of it. Wow. The problems, yeah, the problems come, you may need to kill a little bit more later on if you know, something like candida is there with, with mold or parasites are there with mold. Um, and, and really, you know, taking a binder can help so much for so many toxins and in mold in general. So getting your hands on a really good toxin binder, something like fulvic and humic acids, uh, bentonite or zeolite clay, uh, those, and just taking those before you hop in a sauna that can really help out a lot. How much 
uh, activated charcoal can one take? Like, is that something you can do every day for, for a long time or should you like keep it? Activated charcoal is just okay. It doesn't leave the gut and go systemically in the body. So it's, it's my least favorite binder, although it's great for, for, you know, if you have too much to drink or something like that, um, it's wonderful, but it doesn't leave the gut and mold, mold does leave the gut. So, you know, that's why I prefer something like a zeolite or bentonite clay, but activated charcoal, really your body will tell you when you've taken too much, because it'll start to constipate you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. For most people anyway. Interesting. Okay. And then sweat or move and get it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you're killing things. Once you're ready, you're killing things off. You're mopping them up or binding them up with this toxin binder. And then you're helping the body get rid of it. You're, you're encouraging that right with the sweat. Do you have like three uh, or four or five? It's not so much. (laughs) You you have like (laughs) basic supplements for the most like normal person that we actually need to maybe check if we, yeah, could use. Yeah. You know, I think almost everyone could use a a binder. You know, I try and take them probably every other month I'm on them. Um, especially if I'm flying or, you know, in an airport eating the gross food that you can't help. Um, then I really am taking things like that to help myself out. Um, and you know, you really kind of, I, I think that you can't give blanket statements on that. I think you kind of have to tailor it to everyone because for me, I need something to help my lymph. I need something for my liver almost every day because those are my weak pathways. Um, for, for someone else, it may be their bowels, right? They may need magnesium every single day. They need, may need castor oil packs every single day on their liver to help their bile move. Um, so it's really about kind of knowing yourself and your body. Um, I think it's, I think it's really, I think the binder is probably the most important thing though, in my opinion. Wow. Okay. I could talk forever. I have so many questions, <laughs> but I feel like that's, that's a lot to take in for all kinds of people and they can follow you, you know, if they want to know more, we're getting there. We're a little bit behind, but we're getting there. Yeah. So I just have to say, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It was a great conversation. Wow, I really enjoyed this talk with Jessica. I hope you did as well. Hope you found some valuable tips to bring into your life and daily routines. P.S. Don't take too much charcoal. I have tested it. So it's a process of knowing your own body. And I wish you all the best. Take care of yourself and see you very soon.